0: Welcome to Friend Crush. I'm your host, Amber Killer. This is my podcast where I talk about stuff and things, cute, chaotic, and critical thinking, being hot, and having fun. You can follow me on Instagram, TikTok, SoundCloud, Spotify, uh, YouTube, and then at Amber Killer. And then the main page for this podcast is at friend.crush on Instagram. And I always really appreciate it when people write in and send me feedback, thoughts, questions. Even if I don't get back to you like in the moment, I save what you have written to me and I always consider it for future episodes and content. And I'm also thinking about doing video content instead of audio content because then at least you have the option of video or audio um, but yeah, if you have any thoughts on that, would love to know your th- opinion. Uh, I think I'm just like kind of camera shy for long form videos, but I just have to get over it, I guess. Cuz that's where the money is. Anyway, <laughs> today's episode I'm joined by Nadine Malad. She is born and raised in Los Angeles. She's a writer, actress, and content creator. She makes really thoughtful content on TikTok talking about relationships and dating. And in our episode today, we talk about getting over ghosting, going through really big life transitions and just, I don't know, we cover so many different topics. I'm going to try and put timestamps in the description. And yeah, I hope you enjoy this episode. Let me know what you think once you've listened through and yeah, I hope everyone's doing well. And without further ado, this is my conversation with Nadine. Hi Nadine, how are you? Hi Amber. I'm good. How are you? I'm good. Thank you so much for coming on the show. I'm very excited to record with you today. Of course. Thank you for having me. Um, Would you like to introduce yourself to Friend Crush listeners? Tell us who you are, where you're at, what you're
1: doing. Hi Friend Crush listeners. Uh, I'm Nadine. I'm a writer. I'm an actor. I'm a uh, accidental content creator (laughs) um i have a podcast called hot and insecure Mm -hmm. you guys can you know i like started making tiktok videos about my life and like people seem to really like it and vibe with me so i vibe with them back um so i have a you know Mm -hmm. pretty good following on tiktok if you guys want to follow me my tiktok is nadine malad and then on instagram it's nadine malad underscore And then my YouTube channel is Needy
0: Milad. Where do we want to start? I don't even know how to like segue into this. You're based in LA. (laughs) I'm based in LA right now. But we mentioned that before that you're thinking of moving to New York. Yeah,
1: definitely thinking about it. I just, I don't know. It's just this like feeling that I have. I think like apart from me wanting to make like a major career change and like feeling like going to New York and starting... Over and like really going for that, um a lot of my friends left l a during and after the mm-hmm. pandemic, and l a yeah. is one of those places where it's really spread out like if you haven't been to l a it's like i mean, I know you have, but like if there are certain mm-hmm. listeners who haven't been l a is not like one city it's um it's s- several cities in the same county. Mm and it's very spread out and they're all connected through highways and well freeways and um it gets isolating cuz you're not like it's very easy to feel isolated in Los Angeles cuz everything is so spread out and Los Angeles is
0: so big. Mm. Yeah. yeah, it really reminds me of Perth actually. That's why I have like this love-hate relationship with LA mm-hmm. because I had a very love-hate relationship with Perth when I was growing mm-hmm. up and it's also spread out like cuz I grew up in the suburbs and i feel like it's so hard to just organize to like do things spontaneously with people sometimes because it's like oh they're across town or everyone kind of lives in their own little bubble Mm -hmm. and like what i loved so much about shanghai what i love about shanghai is that it's so much more convenient to just like meet up with someone or like oh what are you doing today i'm going to be in this area okay we can meet there but i feel like it's so much harder to do that in cities like perth and also la and then There's just different times in your life where, like, that is, like, the right environment for you to be in, I guess. So you're already feeling like you want to be... And, like, New York is kind of similar to Shanghai in the way that it's easier to kind of get around. There's more, like, flow Mm -hmm. to the city than there is in LA. It feels more, like, grid-like. Yeah. Unless you're just, like, in the same area as all your friends, it's difficult to cross those, like inter city Mm -hmm. boundaries yeah turf war yeah
1: i find i also just find like people i feel like there's this reputation of people in new york that they don't want to talk to you they're like they really keep to themselves but i actually i actually feel like that's really la like in la people don't like socialize they're not like really personable
0: Mm. uh much more, like, territorial with, like, their connections and their... Yeah, life. whereas I
1: feel like because everything in, in New York is so condensed, you're more uh, prone to meeting up with people and striking up conversations with people. And I don't know. I, I also mm-hmm. just feel like there's a, there is... People who are from L.A. are really cool, down-to-earth people. But it is mm-hmm. very inundated with like transplants who think that there is this idea of what LA is and they just ruin Mm -hmm. the vibe like they think they have to like (laughs) perform and they're really like Mm -hmm. I feel like it's hard to make like genuine connections in LA sometimes
0: yeah and I can imagine especially like for the entertainment and creative industry as well there's like so much competition and so many ideas about what it can be like or what it should be like a lot of people chasing their dreams and like yeah, that can make it difficult to really connect with people mm-hmm. beyond just, like, transactional, like, purely transactional, like, what am I getting out of this? Yeah, kind and that of. was a
1: hard thing for me to sort of understand once I mm. started getting connected to more people in the industry. I mean, I've always sort of had one foot in the industry because I started modeling when I was, like, 20, 20. Um, and so Mm -hmm. I've always like I've had an agent like a modeling agent like and a commercial agent but when I really was like Mm -hmm. okay no, I'm gonna like really try and work towards being like an actor like I'm gonna start taking classes it is it does seem really transactional or it's like very like Mm -hmm. uh, I have a lot of people who are like let's catch up and then I never hear from them we never make plans it's like it's all very sort Mm -hmm. of surface level in that way and not everyone mm. is like that, but I just realize like it's really hard to connect with people emotionally here. In, in New York, I feel like it's a, the vibe is a bit different. I feel like people are more down to just get to know you. People don't care what
0: you do, I feel like. Mm. You know? mm. Some people do, some people don't. I think it's just like finding a balance between having like a core group, uh, like your inner circle, mm-hmm. and then recognizing that, you only really have the capacity for like a certain number of close relationships. And then it's okay that anybody outside of that is like for work, for party, or like it's not gonna be like as deep as that inner circle. And people come in and out of that inner circle too at different stages of yeah, your life. But definitely, it's been like for me going from Shanghai to Perth, back to Shanghai, the way that that inner circle has changed for me and being okay with that like swapping in and out kind of mm-hmm. thing the space that's there new people coming in old friends maybe like moving out of it i think that would have been much harder for me when i was younger mm-hmm. but this is like maybe the second round that i'm going through and i'm like okay second major transition so i think that um As you get older you realize that like your life is actually so long and it's normal for that to happen and it's not like a personal thing if you just kind of like drift from a friend Mm -hmm. and they go in their own direction you go in your own direction and then someone else that's like more compatible with the path that you're on will take their place Mm
1: -hmm. yeah definitely i've i definitely a lot of changing friendship dynamics happened especially like during and after the pandemic i feel like what i required from my relationships i i just wanted i was really mindful that i wanted more meaningful relationships and if friendships were going to end then they were going to end and i wasn't going to try and stay attached to them but it is hard like i remember you right. know one of my really really good friends actually my best she was con- i considered her my best friend um we actually have matching tattoos together um we sort of had mm-hmm. a falling out and it made me like sad, mm-hmm. but at the same time, I also like accepted it. You know, not everybody's yeah. supposed to stay in your life. And also, I feel like I don't really trust people who are friends with everybody. Like a friend to everyone is a friend to no
0: one. You know. Exactly. Yeah, you don't want someone that's just liked by everyone. Right.
1: You got to be discerning <laughs> with the things, with the with the company you keep. I feel like you know. It's like it's cool yeah. to have friends who are like you're right. Like maybe more surface level friendships or friendships that kind of serve their own purpose, their own specific purpose, Mm. but, um, Mm. like, I don't know, I think, for the most part, I want people who I can connect with on, like, a deep emotional level, and it's, and that's actually, like, really hard, when you start making that the standard, and your filters are that high, Mm. then, A lot of people fall Mm. out, like they fall, they can't meet Mm.
0: that. I think especially like at this age, or I mean at any stage in your Mm -hmm. life really, but I think the first major transition between like teenager to adulthood, I think kind of like after your Mm -hmm. mid-twenties, that's when comes like the first big opportunity for people to really like dive deep into who they are. You've had like enough life experience and probably like romantic experience friendship experiences that you start to see patterns in yourself or in other people and it's like okay are you going to take this opportunity to reflect and maybe heal parts of you that you weren't aware of before like integrate that shadow part of yourself Mm -hmm. um or are you just going to ignore it and keep pushing forward and allowing it to affect parts of your life and I don't think that whether people do or don't do this is like a good or bad Mm -hmm. thing but I think for me it's like when it's obvious like who is willing to do that and who was growing from it and who has just chosen to ignore it, and it's very difficult when you've done that work to connect deeply with someone who hasn't, because you've already de- like you, people can only meet you at the depth at which you've met yourself. Mm-hmm. So you see the ways that you've been able to confront those parts of yourself and what it has meant for you, what it has done for you in terms of your own growth. You want to encourage other people to do that too. Mm-hmm. And then when people aren't ready to do that, it's like a rift just naturally occurs because the depth at which they've met themselves is not as deep as where you've met yourself. So the way that you can connect starts to become incompatible. And I think that's like a really big thing that I've noticed. Um, Definitely. In some of my like friendship dynamics, it's like I understand like where they're at and why they are the way they Mm. are and their desire to be better or different but also like they're not yet ready to like face that part of themselves or be vulnerable with themselves in that way and as a result not vulnerable with you either. And then you're kind of like holding space but like nothing is meeting. Yeah, it's like a void in, space. In that space.
1: Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I you know, people are on different paths, like emotionally and mm-hmm. in terms of their development and it's one thing when I you know, when I guess I started healing more and and integrating this shadow part of me and, like, really trying to face the parts of me that were hard to face, Um it's, mm. it is... There is a lot of confrontation with that because no one wants to look at the parts mm. of themselves that they don't like. And uh mm. it's difficult for people. Sometimes I don't want to do it, and there are periods of time where I don't want to do it. Like, I'm just existing. Yeah. And... But... Yeah you know I always sort of come back to that part of myself and I have to respect that some people just aren't there and there's no judgment because it is difficult I Mm. have people
0: yeah and you remember the times when you weren't yet there and you look back and you're like oh if only I'd recognize like this but you're like okay well I had to realize it at this stage
1: Mm. yeah 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 definitely and I you know I'm like damn like I wish I would have like I'm so different now like I wish I would have like probably met certain people at a different stage of my life but you know it is what it is like mm. you know taking on the responsibility of wanting to be a more intentional person and a better person uh is and that's not to say that people who don't take this path are inherently bad people but it is hard to meet someone at that same emotional depth when it, you just feel like you're kind of not lying, but you're putting on a performance, and so you're less concerned with wanting to perform because you're trying to get mm. to the bottom of who you are, and your mm-hmm. pool of people that you want to be close to also shrinks, and uh, mm-hmm. you guys just aren't aligned anymore and and that's sort of like the thing which so with like one of this close friend that you know just to make a point here uh, my my ex bestie. <laughs> Who I have mm-hmm. the the tattoo with. There were, like, it was, like, a couple years coming where, like, I wanted to end, like, the, there were things that she would do or say that, like, didn't align with the way that she acted. And I felt like, mm. you know, I don't want to end this friendship, but, like, I wasn't ready. But I, I was getting to a point where, like, I needed to really heal myself and like my traumas and like when I did I realized like she's just not at that level and Mm -hmm. I I was resisting letting this friendship go and then when I when I ended up sort of realizing all of this um it was just sort of like this peaceful letting go like I don't need to force or change the situation and if you know I'll let her know that I'm here for her but if we never like connect again then I'm totally fine with that and it this just sort of fell off and it, it there's mm. like beauty in like realizing that you don't have to be mad at people for end, like relationships yeah.
0: ending you know and there doesn't have to be like a confrontation mm-hmm. or like a fight about it it's just like letting that space kind of expand as it needs mm-hmm. to and then being open to the fact that it might close again one day you might be closer again or you might not but I totally relate to that like being in a friendship that you are not really that maybe it's by circumstance or by whatever reason you were really close with them at one point and then you start to realize either you're changing or you're seeing them for who they really are and you're no longer as compatible as you want to Mm -hmm. believe that you are or you thought that you were Mm -hmm. and then yeah I think just like being okay with no longer being compatible anymore and you can still wish each other the best from a distance I mean I don't think my ex-bestie breakup was as smooth as yours (laughs) based on what you've described (laughs) but it was still like a similar feeling like I relate to that like you want them in your life you care about them you have all this shared history together you had all these plans that you wanted Mm -hmm. to share in the future but like in the present moment in reality it's just not going to work without you like sacrificing Mm -hmm. a part of yourself or like not really owning a part of yourself but yeah
1: no it's sometimes you have to wrestle with that like it was really hard Mm. because it's like i'm trying to force you to do be this thing that i want you to be for me Mm. because i want you to be Mm. in my life Mm. and Mm. it's this like resistance that you have because you don't want to let go i always try to remember like when you don't force things like that's sort of the best way to go about things, like, when you just surrender and let go. And that goes for relationships, and I think the resistance comes from us, like, not wanting to let go, but Mm. then you're making room for better and newer and more compatible relationships to enter your life. And, like, when you meet, like, a friend who you're, like, friend-crushing on, (laughs) no pun intended, but when you meet someone romantic or platonic... Or even like professionally, who you just like have aligned with similar values and the conversations just flow, and you guys are able to meet each other at like a deeper level, it's so much more fulfilling. And like you're, Mm. you're, you're, you kind of thank yourself that you allowed space for something like that to happen.
0: Yeah. And I think also just reminding people that like just because you can accept that you're no longer compatible with someone doesn't necessarily mean that the pain of losing them diminishes I think Mm because I think on a subconscious level we're all looking for ways to avoid pain like that's why we have resistance to allowing the space between a close friendship to form because we're afraid of how much it might hurt to lose them or to like be faced with whatever the new situation is but I think something that I try to remind myself and like anybody who watches or listens to anything that I make it's like Mm -hmm. just because you can accept that a situation is difficult doesn't necessarily make it less difficult to go through but at Mm -hmm. least you have something to hold on to like in that process which is like remembering to trust yourself more Mm -hmm. than you're like externalizing your trust into another person Mm because i always get people asking me like how do i trust myself after being betrayed by somebody else or feeling like um i've been betrayed or realizing something that I wasn't ready to realize. And I think the lesson is always to learn to trust yourself in spite of how somebody else might treat you, you know, like Mm -hmm. you don't have control over what other people are going to do. They're going to do what they're going to do. But -hmm. as long as you have your own back, irrespective of how other people treat you, then that's what's going to carry you through to the next phase of your life with a healthier foundation. Like you might feel like your whole foundation has been eroded, but when you take responsibility for rebuilding it that's when you especially like when you take responsibility for rebuilding it in the image of like who you want to be like your higher self then that's what is going to like that's the little thread that's going to like drag you through the darkness Mm
1: -hmm. yeah and I think like I think sometimes we go through these cognitive distortions of like hindsight bias or like we should have Mm -hmm. known like you know, like, but like, you didn't know that you're like, you're expanding your consciousness by finding out. Like, Mm. it's always easy to say, like, it's always easy to say, I shouldn't have reacted like this, or I shouldn't have known this. Like, we were just talking about red flags before this. Like, I missed all Mm. these red flags. And Mm. it's like, yeah, but you know, you didn't know that they were red flags at the time. Now, you know, for next time. yeah, And because of these experiences, that adds to you trusting yourself and it's Mm -hmm. hard especially when you go when you go through really negative experiences where it seems like it was really obvious that you were being like emotionally manipulated or or something like that whatever that you can apply this to anything but like Mm -hmm. it's so easy to put the blame on ourselves when it's like no like people who are manipulated in in any capacity they don't know they're being manipulated that kind of defeats the that's the point (laughs) that's the point yeah that's the point um manipulation is quiet in this covert and Mm. um but yeah i think i think you're right um Learning learning to trust yourself and even just trusting that like you were trusting yourself at that point. And yeah. people make mistakes. Like that's part of life. That doesn't mean that yeah. you have betrayed yourself, you know. Mm. It just means that you're going through a hard time because of something that happened. But we mm. learn from those experiences.
0: Yeah. I think as long as you have an understanding of the ways that you could Like better approach something next time that is in and of itself Mm -hmm. a triumph from like a shitty or a negative experience because Mm -hmm. like we also discussed before like the types of relationship dynamics that I've been in Mm -hmm. have always shown me like the same thing like it's the same lesson at the end Mm -hmm. in a slightly different package and then at some point it was like up to me to be like okay, if I obviously, if I want to experience a different kind of relationship, then I have to approach things differently. I can't look at the role a a romantic relationship plays in my life the Mm -hmm. same if I want to have a different outcome, or I can't ignore the same things and think that it's going to be different just because it's a different person, whether that is romantic relationship, platonic relationship, work relationship experience. It's like, if you're not applying what you've learned from before to now and how you move through to the next stage then of course you're going to be going through the same shit over and over and over and a lot of people just get stuck in these kinds of loops and externalize blame as well it's like it's always someone else's fault that Mm -hmm. they are having the same kind of experience being treated the same way but Mm -hmm. it's like being able to confront yourself and take responsibility without blaming yourself, you know, like it's not your fault that mm-hmm. bad things have happened, but it's like, okay, what can you do so that it doesn't happen in the same way again? Yeah. with a different like wrapping. <laughs>
1: yeah. One thing I one thing I really talk about a lot on TikTok and one thing I really try and push when people ask me for advice on TikTok um is I really try to push self-forgiveness like mm. because I have a heart I'm so critical on myself naturally because that's mm-hmm. just the way I was you know the, that's just the way I was brought up Is I I grew up with like I love my mom but she was extremely critical on me and mm-hmm. so I took that voice in my head mm-hmm. and yeah. now you know ironically my mom tells me like go easy on yourself But I put so much pressure on myself and like when I mess up or when I make a mistake or when I go through an experience that was really difficult for me emotionally, I blame myself and um, like one thing about shame and like making yourself feel bad um, Mm -hmm. is it keeps you from moving on and learning lessons because you're just stuck in that cycle of shame like you're stuck mm-hmm. on like blaming yourself about the situation as opposed to accepting that like you're a human you made a mistake it's okay mm-hmm. it's mm-hmm. oh it's okay and that's one thing i always stress in my tiktok videos is like forgive yourself like you mm-hmm. didn't know that you were gonna react like you didn't know that this was gonna happen And even Mm. if you reacted poorly, you know, like it you're still a human being. And Mm. when you're still when you're just fixated on the situation and how you reacted or what your part in it, it keeps us from like moving on and it 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 breeds more shame. And shame is like this all consuming it's like the worst feeling in the world world. I really feel like it's one of those things that keep people even oppressed in society like you know like when you think about racism racism still exists today because of shame like shame brought on from one race to another and people have Mm -hmm. internalized that shame and Mm. now keep them not keep themselves because it's a systemic issue but like that's how it's perpetuated is when people don't love themselves and they feel like they are inherently wrong it keeps us from like truly healing and like moving on in life, and, um, Mm. yeah, it's just learning, learning to learn, extract the lessons, but not extracting the blame, the self-blame, like, at the end of the Mm -hmm. day, you know, people, one thing I, sometimes I tell myself, I'm like, if the president fucked up, and, like, fucked (laughs) Monica Lewinsky, and then lied about it, and got impeached for it, like, that was a big mistake, and he's mm-hmm. living his life, you know? Mm-hmm. I don't know what the Clintons are up to. Probably some shady shit. But, like, yeah. you know, like Shadier that... Shadier that... than
0: you could even imagine. Like, oh, definitely. <laughs> definitely. <laughs>
1: yeah. Um. But, you know, it's like... If, if people like that mess up, you know, if Jay-Z can cheat on Beyonce and fuck up that badly, mm-hmm. I can, like... I can forgive myself for being emotional about this thing that happened or, like, reacting a certain way. It's just, like... And it's so... And we can only give ourselves that, right? Like, no one can Mm. forgive us for the way that we feel. We only can give ourselves that, like, grace to feel Mm -hmm. our feelings and not feel shame about them. And once you Mm. do that, it's like, it's like, it's like you're literally, like, you're, like, putting down, like, seven heavy boxes and you're, like, I'm free. Like, I don't need to feel this anymore.
0: Yeah. I think for me like I totally relate to what you're saying in terms of like being extremely self-critical and like internalizing blame. I think it's very common for people to feel that way and also the way that shame is like weaponized in our society as a form of oppression and control mm-hmm. as well is like so pervasive. It's so normalized to try and like put people down or to make people feel less than or not enough in order to get a one up like and it happens in small ways, whether it's in like the TikTok, social media comment section, whether mm-hmm. it's in the way that news is written, whether it's in the way that politicians behave or like society is organized. So it's so hard to take a moment to have self-compassion and self-forgiveness. And I think that for me, maybe dominant fire sign energy <laughs> is turning <laughs> shame into like, like, Accepting the presence of shame and like using it as fuel, like turning shame into spite, turning shame into like a reason to then embrace like audacity. Like you can feel ashamed. It's normal to feel shame as a human being. It's not about never feeling shame again, but it's like, what do you do after you start to feel shame? It's like, okay, well like you said, sometimes you just have to think about a white male politician and how much power they wield and how easily they fuck up and how they're so full of shit that it's like, if I can take even a little bit of that audacity, yeah, <laughs> that's all I need. You know, like I don't even need to be like that. And I'm already, and I think also growing up in this kind of like having like a sort of racial awakening mm-hmm. and then also sort of there is shame and guilt that comes with being able to embrace who you are in spite of the struggles that like your community might still face on a wider scale but it, and then like oh are you problematic even though you're like trying to help and like how do you unlearn and untangle these like things mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but then I'm literally like even the most problematic thing that I could do would be like a good day for like a regular guy yeah. so yeah. I need to stress less and then also like what the way that spite comes into it it's like sometimes you just need to prove to like either your former self or the person that has broken your trust that you're not going to be defined by that experience Mm -hmm. and that in and of it's, that can drive you forward. Mm -hmm. It drives me forward. And then you get to a point where you're actually doing it for yourself and you feel the satisfaction of like working and embracing and learning and understanding. And then like whatever pushed you in that direction becomes like a, distant memory to you it's already like you've formed you've poured enough into yourself that it's actually you and not you trying to pour into somebody else yeah like you hemorrhaging your energy in a direction that doesn't really serve you in any way yeah but i think that's such an important relationship to understand i think like how we allow shame to affect us for how long? Yeah. For, to what extent? Because it's yeah, normal we have, that it comes up.
1: I think it's important to transmute mm. it in any way. Like for me, shame turns into anger. Mm. Like I'm so ashamed of myself for this, the way that this, I'm just so ashamed of this, myself for how this person, how I allow this person to treat me. Mm-hmm. And I can only feel that for so long until I realize I'm angry at this person for treating me this way. And mm-hmm. transmuting that into something pa- anger can be very powerful for me, yeah, and and it can be powerful for many people. I mean, even like what's going on in Iran right now, it's like that's anger that's built mm-hmm. up from an oppressive theocracy, like this this tyrannical political movement. like people get so sick of feeling shame. Mm. Why should I feel shame for covering myself up? Why should I? Why should you dictate how I live my life? I'm sick mm. of feeling this shame. I'm going to instead mm. now feel anger because how dare you make me feel shame?
0: You mm. know, for being me. Yeah. And, and that anger is an indication of like our boundaries being crossed yeah, and like absolutely. crossed so many times to a point where we lose, we recognize that we've lost agency or we're losing agency over our own lives. Mm-hmm. That it pushes you in. A productive direction yes i think and absolutely we're also made to feel shame about anger like oh you can't be angry like toxic positivity like kumbaya and i'm mm-hmm. like no, i don't think so that. yeah no fuck <laughs> that. i don't get angry about much so if i know that i'm pissed off something's mm-hmm. wrong
1: mm-hmm. yeah and anger could be it's like a it's like it propels you like it propels you to want to pour into yourself and mm-hmm. um you know and i think like what you said about eventually doesn't become about the other person i think like our anger towards people is like a conduit of us really just being doing what we need to do for ourselves like it was never like when enough time passes and you've like done the thing that you've done and you've poured into yourself um as a result of someone like mistreating you or something it you realize like it it was never even about them the whole time Mm -hmm. the whole situation from start to finish was about me Mm -hmm. and they were just the thing that sort of incited this life lesson or the thing that I needed to learn because people like really like the biggest indicate like the biggest teachers are our relationships with people Mm
2: -hmm.
1: all kinds of relationships like you only mm. learn about yourself and you only grow because of your relationships.
0: Yeah, yeah. I think that's also really important to recognize now. Like especially post-pandemic era, it's, well, it's not even post-pandemic. Like, we're still very much in a pandemic, but like mm-hmm. people realizing how important like social connection is to us. Like we truly are social beings when we've had the ability to socialize taken away from us mm-hmm. and then how we cope with that, how we readjust. I think has shown me or has given me a new appreciation for the thing that I've always been exploring, which is like connection and relationships in general, specifically the importance of like friendship, platonic relationships and how that is a foundation to healthy romantic relationships. But I think, you know, for some people in this time, it's pushed them into isolation
2: Mm -hmm.
0: and an idea that you need to be like fully independent self-sufficient not reliant on anybody but it's like finding this balance between being able to hold on to yourself while also connecting to others and being willing to like open parts of yourself up and then like we said like still trusting yourself in spite of how somebody might treat like what you offer to them I think that's Mm -hmm. like a big thing that I've learned or been able to reflect on recently it's like there's no shame in me being who I am with somebody that I care about and that I love, but it's not up to me how they receive that, you know? And if they don't receive it in a way that is respectful, in a way that shows appreciation and value for what I have to offer, then I'm it's within my right to just withdraw that from them. There's no reason why I have to continue to give, to prove to somebody that they should value what I'm offering. Like if they fundamentally don't or they don't have the capacity to, capacity to it's not my responsibility to change their mind it's actually my responsibility to recognize and honor like the things that I'm willing to give and then find Mm -hmm. somebody that's going to appreciate that rather than force try to force someone into appreciating something that they for whatever reason may or may not be ready for or don't understand it's actually not our job and it doesn't mean that what I have to offer or what you have to offer isn't valuable or isn't valid it's just like finding the right like situation for it to flourish in and be appreciated
1: yeah absolutely and I think like if you describe yourself as a people pleaser I am um I constantly like I want people to like me you know I think that's Mm -hmm. like a normal thing because I want you like I want connection I don't want I don't want people to not like me, I want people to like me and mm-hmm. um oftentimes like what sort of people generally are learning now is like that could be really maladaptive
2: mm-hmm. because
1: you're kind of forfeiting your own boundaries and what you're willing to put up with and you're overly accommodating other people and may even, you know, accept and tolerate disrespect when like you know it hurts you mm-hmm. and um Like, you know, being who you're being yourself and stating your opinions is something that sometimes I'm I'm still learning like I sometimes will have really strong opinions about something and like someone will be in a room with me and say something completely like something I do not disagree, like I completely disagree with and Mm. I, there's, like, trepidation when I, like, want to express my opposing opinion, because I'm like, well, I don't want this person to not like me, and, you know, and it's, like, this weird thing that I've, like, been conditioned, and I think a lot of women have been conditioned, um, and especially, like, I don't know if you experience this as, like, an Asian woman, but, like, as an Arab woman, like, growing up as mm-hmm. a little girl, I was taught, like, the most important thing was, like, I had to be sweet and agreeable, mm-hmm. and, like... Now I am unlearning that and I don't need to be Mm. agreeable. I need to be myself. Mm. And if someone Mm -hmm. like says something that I don't like agree with, or is just downright like disrespectful to me or like a group of people being comfortable with not being agreeable and like stating Mm -hmm. my opinion, even if that Mm -hmm. means having someone not like me, (laughs) Mm -hmm. it's difficult, but it's like, I have to be like, you have to be authentic. And I think that's kind of like ties into what we were saying, even in the very beginning is like, being a more authentic version of yourself so that you can attract people who agree with you and, like, mm-hmm. fuck the people that don't agree with you or, like, don't, yeah. like, align with you, you know? Mm-hmm. Who cares about mm-hmm. being likable? That But that is genuinely something people have to actively unlearn. I mean, mm-hmm. I remember, like, very recently I was at a bar and someone said something, like, slightly homophobic. And it was, like this guy that my friend was, like, flirting with, and, like, you know, I was, like, Ah, Nadine, don't be a vibe killer, like, don't be a vibe killer, and then I was, like, actually, that's kind of, like, low-key homophobic, <laughs> and it, like, caused some, like, we got into this, like, not argument, but this, like, heated discussion, and I was just, like, yeah, but, like, that's still homophobic, and then, mm-hmm. um, anyways, I, like, told my friend i was like you're gonna like go home with this guy he's like doesn't like gay people like <laughs> And it was just like it was like kind of i was kidding but i, I wasn't but mm. it was like i'm that makes me uncomfortable like i like people like not that they disagree with me but like when they say something that's like objectively like wrong right like mm. or like wrong in the sense that like it it perpetuates like violence or like mm. stereotypes in some way towards a group of people or just like something I just like, fundamentally like does not align with me I don't want to mm. be around those people so why the f- what like why do I care if they like me yeah and yeah like being brave enough to be like actually I don't agree with you Mm. you know or even and it doesn't even have to go that far but like just being like even if I'm like in a work meeting and I'm like I don't agree I think that this is like this is my take on it and you never know Mm. how people are going to take even just something like that but yeah it's just like not taking on the responsibility of people's emotions is something that's really important and I'm learning like I'm still learning at Mm. the age of 27 like I don't I can say, I can be fully present in my body and in my mind and, like, say what I need to say without worrying how someone else is going to receive it or take it. And if they don't Mm. receive me or take me well, then that's fine. Like, I don't need Mm. everybody to like me.
0: Yeah, I think learning, like, there's also a strategy to communication when it comes to dealing with people like you said that don't really align or like are saying things that can perpetuate violence or create like a mindset or which then follows through action in -hmm. a way that can be harmful to others like communicating in a way that gives them space to explore the way that they think in a way that allows you to give them an opportunity to question it without like shaming them or shutting them down so that they mm-hmm. double down on their point of view in opposition to you it's like how do you create an opportunity to say like oh have you thought about like how what you're saying might impact someone from that group or mm-hmm. like do you know where that sort of idea mm-hmm. comes from I think is also something that I've had to learn uh as mm-hmm. somebody who I think maybe started to be involved in this I don't want to say it's like woke culture, but it's just like Mm -hmm. I think I was much more aware of inequalities Mm -hmm. um, and the racism and misogyny that I would experience at a younger age than most people of my generation. And I don't say that as a flex because it was actually like very traumatic for me to go through that. Yeah. (laughs) But like before it was cool to talk about like feminism on social media before that was even like a thing for people Mm -hmm. our age it was like i was making facebook statuses like satirizing the racism i was experiencing in when like everybody that i knew was basically white like i had very few i was not around any people of color Mm -hmm. and like I was – I didn't have, like, an inner circle of people that understood my experience or could, like, really empathise. Even, like, the few friends of colour that I had, they were not yet aware of how what these, like, microaggressions, macroaggressions that we were experiencing were actually, like, a form of violence. And I was struggling to grapple with that. My friends of colour didn't get it. Non – like, white friends didn't get it. It was, like, such an isolating experience. I would literally get, like, death threats from people about – literally speaking about my experience with racism, like suddenly I'm the bad guy Mm -hmm. for pointing out that someone has been like extremely disrespectful to me. Mm -hmm. And I think like that has, and especially like people that I was close to not understanding, like I cared about this person as a friend. Mm -hmm. They said that they cared about me as a friend, but then would deny my -hmm. experience and Mm -hmm. need me to like somehow validate their whiteness before they were able to validate the racism that I'd experienced. So that had taught me a lot about how to, Mm speak to people in a way that it's like because you've already progressed so far in your experience and your understanding of something it's frustrating when you're like how does this person not get it but you realize that they've come from a different context of understanding and way of seeing the world that it's more about like creating a space for them to question their ideas before you like shut them down for it if what your like ultimate goal is is to like make progress rather Mm -hmm. than just, like, figure out, like, who's right and who's wrong. But then that's separate to the other thing that I wanted to respond to in terms of, like, people-pleasing, like, Mm -hmm. you describing how you're always made to feel like you needed to be nice and agreeable. Like, I relate to that in a way, but at the same time, I think my experience is I've always been perceived as someone who – is not a people pleaser because I had an opinion from a young age. I would always be told that I had resting bitch face. So Mm -hmm. I had internalized this idea that people already don't like me or like already are afraid of me. So that the idea of me being a people pleaser never crossed my mind until I realized that I actually am a people pleaser. (laughs) Right, right like in my personal relationships, it's like I actually do give to my own detriment to maintain a connection or to maintain the idea of a connection or a relationship without expressing like what my boundaries actually are or saying no. So yeah, that's been like the same people-pleasing like dynamic that I needed to unlearn, but like in a slightly mm-hmm. different way, which I think is kind of mm-hmm. interesting how it manifests.
1: Yeah, yeah. You know, I I kind of grew up very like... I relate to that a lot like I like growing up I felt like there was a very distinct time in my life when I was around like 12 13 14 where I literally felt like no one fucking liked me dude like I was taught to be agreeable but I really wasn't like I was like the middle kid I was the middle child I'd always been more disagreeable in the context of like my family I would always talk back like I would always question why and like my Arab dad was like stop asking me why (laughs) just obey the rules and I'm like but why but like why you know and so I felt like you know there was this streak in me of being sort of like a nonconformist, and I've always questioned authority that's just in my nature but Mm -hmm. it doesn't take away that doesn't also take away from the fact that I also like it's part of... I think it's just part of being a woman, honestly. Like, being sweet. Being loved. Mm. Like, in order to be loved, you have to be agreeable. And mm. you can't be too opinionated. It's, like, these two conflicting sides of being a woman and, like, growing into your womanhood. But also, like, just girlhood. Like, you want to rebel. You It's normal to want to question things and, like... Mm. assert your own individuality when everyone is telling you to be a certain way, right? And mm-hmm. uh it's like, well, I always had this idea that I was like this person that always disagreed with people, but like at the same time, it's like, but I also and when I want to get older, especially like in my mid 20s. I feel like my mid 20s mm. really like Like, everything about my development was, like, slapping me really hard in the face. (laughs) And I had to face them. And I'm like, shit, I am a people pleaser. Like, I I actually am willing to compromise my opinions, my thoughts, my feelings. Because I want people to like me. And that has to do with my development. Like, at the same time, while I am someone who probably was more disagreeable than others Mm. that doesn't take away from the fact that i still have been conditioned that the most important thing to be loved and to be accepted Mm. especially if i wanted to be someone's wife one day was that i can't be difficult Mm. but it's like how do i reconcile the two parts of myself you know how do i reconcile Mm. being a people pleaser but also wanting to feel heard and Mm. feel like i'm not silenced in any way Mm. you know
0: yeah, because I think for me, like, I would share a lot of opinions, like, online. So, like, a a stranger's perception of me is obviously, mm-hmm. like, oh, she's sassy, she's blah, blah, blah. But then in my, like, personal, close, in real life relationships, mm-hmm. realizing that people-pleasing is not just about the opinions that you share or don't share with someone. It's also about, you know, how you manage your time with the people that you care about. Like, oh, someone's mm-hmm. not available the time that you want – to someone wants to hang out with you their availability is this and then suddenly you're changing your whole schedule to make yourself available for this person when you might have other things that you need to do but you're not prioritizing you're not expressing what your priorities are and being able to actually like find out if you're truly compatible with this person or you're just like going jumping through all these hoops to make something work when like you could actually just assert what is important to you and believe that that's also important to the other person rather than holding their priorities more important than your own. Mm -hmm. I think when I realized the difference between those things, it was like a really big shift in how I understood myself and my relationships. And I remember Mm -hmm. my therapist at one point, I was like telling one of the things that I went into therapy wanting to work on was like this desire that I always have to like save people or like to facilitate their growth like save them from the pain that I've experienced like I recognize that you're going through something I've been through if you just think of it this way like you won't have to go through the same pain as me because then it would like then it would somehow make what I had been through Mm
2: -hmm. like worth
0: it if I could like stop somebody else from making the same mistake Mm
2: -hmm.
0: and then she was just like well you know that's like avoidant behavior like that's a form of self-abandonment I was like what (laughs) And Weird. then I was like, oh, because oh. I'm trying to like instead of like directing that energy towards me and the parts of me that I want to work on, mm-hmm. I'm thinking like if I can get somebody else to change, then that makes what I've been through valid when in reality it's like applying what I've gone through to myself, not other people, and then mm-hmm. having a healthier outlet for that part of me. So I think that's why like doing the podcast or like the stuff that I make on TikTok, it's like so much more rewarding for me to just share my perspective and then Mm -hmm. people that are ready to hear it are like, this makes so much sense to me. Okay, this is actually going to help me versus like just talking to my friends. It's like, she's she's not done till she's done. She's just going to keep dating this guy Mm
1: -hmm. and there's nothing
0: that I can do to stop her. But my job is just to be there as her friend and to give her advice when I can without being invested in the outcome, you know? And I think- it's so much more rewarding for me to realize that it's like I can't like stop anyone from doing what they're going to do but I can just share my perspective and there might be something there that's helpful to someone in their journey and then they can take ownership of that rather than me feeling like I have to be there and hold your hand every step of the way.
2: Mm -hmm.
0: Definitely. That was like so crazy when my therapist was like it's avoided behavior for you. Oh my God, that's
1: crazy. Yeah, because... I definitely feel that way, too. I feel like I, I'm Captain Save-A-Ho. Like, I want, mm-hmm. I, want to, I want to save people from feeling the pain that I've experienced.
0: Yeah, and you see and their think, potential, too. And you're like, why can't you see what I see in you? But then it's like, but why can't you see that in yourself? Yeah,
1: why can't I see that in myself? And it's also like, I think it's a way for us to control sort of what happened to us. Like Mm. it's like if I can like manipulate this situation, then yeah, it not only makes my experience meaningful, but it's like maybe I can in a way like redo it. Like it's kind of like in the same it's kind of the same concept of like if I find someone who reminds me of my dad who was emotionally unavailable, but I make Mm. them available for me i'm Mm. just trying to replay this i'm trying to change this relationship dynamic and turn it into something else but i think it's sort of the same concept and i also think it's sort of a way to exercise intellectualizing our emotions Mm. Mm
0: -hmm. instead of actually feeling them and accepting them
2: Mm.
0: for what they are like the yeah because humans are whether we are willing to like become aware of it or accept it or not, it's like we we are recreating like childhood relationship dynamics mm-hmm. and like subconsciously trying to relive them and then rewrite them.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And when you realise yeah,
0: when you realise that like it doesn't it's not always obvious because it's not it's never obvious when we're going through it. It's not like there's a voice in our head that's like, This guy reminds me of my dad and I'm going to recreate this relationship and then rewrite the ending. Like it's <laughs> there is no awareness when you're going through it that that's what you're doing until you look back and you're like, okay, when I think about like the way that this relationship dynamic played out when I was younger and the way that I was approaching the most recent relationship that I've been in and then Mm -hmm. how there parallels there and like, what can I learn from that? I think that's a really powerful and transformative experience to go through. definitely not easy and not something that many people
1: and it takes years to possibly unlearn this. Some people yeah. never do. And mm. I'm in a position where I'm sort of learning how to let myself be loved by someone mm-hmm. who shows me that they're emotionally available mm. from the jump, you know? And sometimes mm. I don't even know what that looks like yeah. <laughs> because I have a habit of going for emotionally unavailable men mm. as well. Because mm-hmm. I'm trying to save them a lot of the time, like I feel like I sometimes come off as like a comforting energy to them. Um, mm-hmm. but um you said something earlier of along the lines of like we as humans will do we will come up with wild and imaginative ways to avoid our own pain, like that's how we protect mm-hmm. ourselves, like we psychologically, it's innate. And I think, Mm -hmm. you know, that could be like a way is that like we try and fix people or we try and it's just like these crazy subconscious like things that we do to avoid our own pain. Like we Mm -hmm. don't want to it's much easier to admit or to tell someone you have to leave your boyfriend because he's cheating on you as opposed to really facing the hurt and trauma that we went through when our mm. boyfriend cheated on us. Or like when our, you know, it's it doesn't even have to be something like that. It's just like, oh, um, I think you should save money by doing this, you know, mm. and like do this, this, and this. We don't want to have to relive the feeling of feeling stuck and not being comfortable financially and it's like a way for us to exercise protecting ourselves in a way because we don't want to mm. have to even face that emotion
0: so much so we don't even want the people around us to face these emotions mm-hmm. yeah i actually just was thinking about how like when we're talking about attracting emotionally unavailable men and then also like this love that <laughs> like, thing.
1: yeah it's like that's like <laughs> my if i that there was an olympic sport For fixing and rehabilitating emotionally unavailable men, I would be the gold medalist. Is Mm -hmm. that the word?
0: I would receive the gold medal. (laughs) Yeah, what I'm realizing literally in real time is like this avoidance of pain obviously manifests in people differently. And for some people, they avoid pain by seeking distraction. And then for other people, they avoid pain by trying to plug in and like fix other people's pain and when I think about some of the relationship dynamics I've been in it's like I'm definitely the one that wants to plug in and fix things and then the guy is always the one that's actually running away from something that so they're actually in distraction mode time. and I'm in fixing mode and then these energies somehow come together and the lesson is I'm going to try to fix you you're realizing now what you're running from are you re- ready to face it and then I'm like I'm always trying to fix things I can actually just enjoy my own life without needing to worry about other people's problems and I think the lesson that I've Mm -hmm. had from those dynamics is like I realize that that person is actually running from something when we're together like it seems Mm -hmm. like this perfect match Mm -hmm. because they feel relieved like it's like this relief when you're together because it's like now you're seeing someone who's like needs a little bit of fixing. Like you're like, oh, I can see how like I can improve your life in these ways because I can do these things that you aren't so Mm -hmm. good at. And for them, they're like, oh my God, finally Mm -hmm. I found this girl who's like different from whatever. Yeah. Different from whatever (laughs) she's like I'm experiencing. (laughs) Like whatever I whatever pain like they're running from, they're like, I'm connecting Mm -hmm. to her and like now the pain's gone. But then your karmic Mm -hmm. dynamic is like you Realizing that oh they actually have a lot of shit that they need to work on themselves you can't actually fix it like your presence alone is not going to change them because like I, like we discussed before like they have this whole life before you that has that they've been playing out mm. and like your just like you as zero zero point one percent is not enough to change them if they yeah. haven't decided that and then but your presence gives them an opportunity to see oh I've actually been running from some kind of pain that I'm not ready to confront and whether they choose to confront it or not is not up to you. And most of the time they choose not to and continue to distract themselves. But I think that's, um, but what's interesting
1: is like, what's interesting is like, I also feel like we are all like the fixers are also, tr- we are also trying to distract mm-hmm. ourselves. Like it's our, our way of distracting ourselves is by taking on other people's problems so that we don't have to look yeah, at our like we're shit.
0: avoiding pain and in different it's, it's both based on an avoidance ways. of pain, but the manifestation in our behavior and our, like, mindset and approach is different. But that's what attracts you to that person. That yeah. That avoidance of pain. Yeah.
1: And what ends up happening is, like, we end up taking on mm. their pain. Like, we mm-hmm. absorb it. And then we end up hurt because we feel, like, used yeah. afterward. Like, damn it, you tried to use me to make me yourself yeah. feel good. But this stay like, hurt too. No, like, you wanted... <laughs> They stay hurt, too, and now we have a whole bunch of other issues after Mm -hmm. this relationship ends. We're, like, we're dealing with Mm. their hurt, and now Mm. our hurt, and now they're dealt with... Like, and I don't think it's, like, a... Obviously, it's unconscious. Like, I feel like if no one consciously goes into these situations, Mm. but, like, we avoid ourselves. There are... We like i said like there are so many ways there are 101 ways that people avoid themselves that's why there's addiction that's why there's procrastination like we avoid ourselves in a thousand and one different ways and to some people that's oh let me find someone who's going to fix me in a non-healthy productive way like Hmm. therapy but even then that's really like just you fixing yourself and for other people and I think people like us who have sort of a nurturing and empathetic energy and I just think that sort of comes with our conditioning as women is we want to instead of Fixing our own life, we'd rather just work on someone else's because mm. it's easier and
0: it's, it seems more mm. controllable. Because you can intellectualize even it. Even though as that's well. not it's not really just like, thing. oh, I can see exactly what you need to do. It's A, B, C. <laughs> and
1: I think it also makes us feel a little bit mm. superior. Like, not superior in that, like, I'm better than you, but it makes us feel like, oh, if I have the answers, then I must mm-hmm. have it figured out. But it's like, no, baby, <laughs> <Yeah>. no. <laughs>
0: that's why I always.
1: That's not the case. I always think
0: it's like, take what resonates with you, but don't assume that like the theory can make sense, even if the person is not practicing it, you know, like the principles are the same Mm -hmm. and we're all figuring out how to apply them to our own life. And I think for both of us, like the type of content that we make, it's like, I'm not just talking to like the listener, like I'm talking to a part of myself, like I'm reassuring myself by understanding and trying to communicate these ideas because I know that I need to hear it too, or that I need to process it. Like someone commented. I think that's really, yeah. Yeah. No, Uh, someone commented on like an old video of mine and I totally forgotten. I'd even made it. And I was like, Oh, I actually needed to be reminded of like this exact thing from my, from my former self. Yeah,
1: yeah, no, for sure. I mean, we forget our own lessons. Like our progress is, you know, insert Instagram Therapy infographic. Mm. Our therapy is not our, our healing mm. is not linear. Mm. Linear, mm. linear. That's how mm-hmm. you pronounce that word.
0: I'm not good <laughs> at English.
1: Sometimes I like speak such shit. Arabic, Arabic is my first language. But then anytime I like like mess up English, I'm like, oh, my excuse is
0: English yeah, is not oh my, my first God. language. Like literally, <laughs> me like moving back to China and trying to like revitalize my Mandarin, which is already like not good. And then literally, like, mm-hmm. I'm thinking in like Chinglish half the time. Like, I've gotten worse at English as a result of trying to improve my Mandarin, but my Mandarin is still not fluent. And I'm just like, <laughs> am I even like, can I communicate you know, like, with anyone at this it? point? No, exactly.
1: Yeah. But um, our healing is not linear. Yeah. And yeah. And that's, I think that's why I started making those kinds of videos on YouTube. I mean, on TikTok was because. I really needed to talk Mm. to myself and I felt like if I made a video on it and this is obviously coming from a part of myself that like knows better and is now like it's for selfish Mm. reasons, but if it resonates with people then I'm glad Mm. it helps, you know? And, um, it's interesting. Like when you choose to grow Mm. and when you choose to be more authentic and speak from a place of like Mm -hmm. honesty and that might sometimes come in the form of advice or just like Mm -hmm. vulnerability um people really connect with
0: that yeah I think especially like like not just honesty in the way that you speak but also in the way that you act is like true authenticity because I think online there's this idea that like oh someone who's just like really open and like transparent about like being sad or like taking a shit that's like authentic when in reality it translates Mm -hmm. beyond the internet it's like can you actually be true to yourself in the way that you engage with other people instead of like minimizing who you are to make other people comfortable it's like it's not even about like asserting yourself sometimes it's just like being okay with Mm -hmm. not vibing with this person and not feeling like you have to overextend yourself to gain their approval when there's like no reason for you to do that Because I think, um, Mm -hmm. yeah, that's such an important part of, like, growing into your authenticity. It's not just putting on a show, but it's also, like, living that in your in-person reactions. That's where the change happens the most. You can easily change your opinion that you share, but, like, how do you change your behaviour, which then in turn shifts the dynamics of your relationships and your experience of life. But, yeah. Easier said than done. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And... Yeah, and I just think, like,
1: whether you're giving advice on TikTok or, like, whether you're trying to fix your Mm -hmm. boyfriend, (laughs) you know, it's, like, we might come from a place that, like, in terms of, like, how people receive it, like, people might not be ready to hear it, but if you do, you know, express your thoughts and you give helpful advice and you're putting Mm -hmm. it out there, whether or not they receive it, when they're ready to receive it, they'll yeah. remember that, you know? And I think that's sort of the same with us. Like, I might not always remember not to be a people pleaser. Mm. Or to, like, to understand that people and their emotions are not mm. black and white. Like, but... Um, and sometimes I forget these mm. lessons. And that's why it's important for me to communicate these things. But then, like... You say it enough, and it's, like, reinforced in the sphere of where you're working or what the content you're making. And it, 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 it'll rub off mm. on people. And it rubs off on yourself. I mean, you keep reinforcing these messages by, like, making content mm-hmm. about it. And, like, now it's, like, it's really hard for me to date someone who I don't feel fully sees me mm-hmm. as a person, like, truly. And I think, like, I make I make I I made a, a couple videos about this, about how, like, I think, and this is just, like, an mm-hmm. example of it, but, of, like, the advice that I give and, like, the things that I talk about on TikTok is, like, because I've dated enough men who only see me based off mm-hmm. of this, like, based off of, like, my appearance, or, like, not even just that, but, like, on one or two-dimensional mm-hmm. levels... And it's it's, and I preach about like or I don't preach, but you know I, I I talk about how like I want someone, and you I want someone who sees me as a whole person, and you should mm-hmm. too because if you don't, then you'll always be a one dimensional, or two dimensional, mm-hmm. thing to them, and then how could they like truly love you if they only see you, for what you bring to them or like if they don't if they don't see you as someone who has whole emotions. Mm. And it's like, you know. So, and that that's something I run into a lot in my dating life is like guys who don't see me as like a mm-hmm. whole person. But because I've like enforced this message and I think about it and I talk mm-hmm. about it a lot, I can recognize very easily now when a guy doesn't I can tell when a guys like yeah. pretending to be something or to act as something because he doesn't yeah. think and I think people perform when they when they don't see me as a person. Because if they don't come up authentically, like if they don't come mm. as their whole selves, then that means that they're trying to appeal to a certain mm-hmm. thing about me. Which, to me, sends the message that you only see me as this one little thing that you're trying mm-hmm. to appeal to instead of just becoming, being authentic or coming as your authentic mm-hmm. self. And um, that's something I really struggled with. But because I like constantly talk about it, like online Mm -hmm. and offline um that's something I just like don't really like I don't I don't do Mm. that anymore and if I see it then I like don't continue to do it but it's like so I think there is some value in teaching people or like sharing your perspective on things and answering advice based on how you would honestly as you know your most mindful and highest self would react Mm. to things as a result
0: you know what I mean I think like To the point of feeling like you're only seen for like superficial things, it's like learning to Mm -hmm. show and be confident with those other parts of yourself that might not be like, because subconsciously you might know that, oh, they're only here because you're pretty or because of these things. And then you might subconsciously be playing into that and then denying other parts of yourself Mm -hmm. and also recognizing that it's okay. Again, like trusting yourself. It's like to show those other parts of yourself and see how they respond to it. Mm -hmm. And then if they don't respond in kind, then knowing that that part of you is still valid, it's just not compatible with them. And that's not anyone's fault. It's just like being able to recognize that sooner rather than later is actually yeah. the gift that you're giving when you're able to be yourself and, and I also talk about this concept in a similar way or like when people say like it's important to be yourself it doesn't mean just like it doesn't mean like making other people responsible responsible for your insecurities and being just angry because you're angry and being making yourself this like free-for-all like open book it's like yeah it's like someone who can't control their emotions means mm-hmm. like owning who you are taking responsibility for how you feel and then how you communicate that to the people that you care about or the people that you want to connect with
2: mm-hmm. because a
0: lot of the times people will just either share too much and be like I'm upset because you didn't text me back and this means that blah blah, blah. like that's not being yourself that's like being insecure but like mm-hmm. being yourself would be like I'm feeling insecure at the moment how do I process this where is it coming from mm-hmm. what type of relationship do I want like being your higher self is mm-hmm. being able to communicate this honestly with the person that you want to connect with. Mm-hmm. And then making that attempt, like, hey, I'm feeling insecure about this and this. Would we be able to talk about it? Like, where, how are you feeling? And then being able to explore what that means with that person, you being your higher self. And, like, do they take – are they responsive to that? Maybe mm-hmm. you're going to be given um, space that you – maybe previously anticipated you wouldn't be given or maybe you would be denied like validation of your feelings and that's Mm -hmm. it's important to know that sooner rather than later like and being able to gas yourself up to make those like to have those uncomfortable discussions because I've definitely been in situations where it's like something that's really small like oh I have really bad period pain and I don't feel like seeing the guy that I'm seeing and usually Mm -hmm. I would like find some way to like Still follow through on my commitment to seeing this person and being Mm -hmm. like, it's okay for me to just say that I'm tired and then say, maybe we can see each other another time. Mm -hmm. And every time I've done that and been like, hey, like I really wanted to see you tonight, but I just feel so gross and I don't think I'd be good company, but like maybe we can do something on the weekend instead of tonight. And mm-hmm. then they're always like, oh, that's totally fine. Like, is there anything I can do? Mm-hmm. Like, I'll make sure that I have X, Y, Z for you when I see you next. And it's like, it's such a relief <clears throat> for me to, to see, for me to have had the courage to assert such a small band like to most yeah. people that might be insignificant to be like, I can't make our date. Mm-hmm. And then to also see how they respond to it. They do give you the space to do that. they're not like well you need to come over because you said that you would and like i'm trying to get my dick wet or whatever it's like mm-hmm. they're totally okay with it mm-hmm. and then even if they weren't okay with it being like well why do i even want to spend time with someone who can't give Respect me space to rest when i need to you know yeah. it's like being able to do that is what like being yourself means and honoring your boundaries means and being authentic it's like this is how i feel what do I need? Who am I trying to be? How can I try to attempt to bridge that gap? And how is the person that I'm trying to connect with going to respond to that? Mm-hmm. Easier said than done. But
1: it's easier said than done, and it's taken me a long time to even do something like that. I used to be someone who never like stood up, me. says no, never stood up for myself. Like I, and it really like harmed me. And sometimes. It's okay to express, like, anger in a way that's, like, not always, like, like poised. You know what I mean? Like, especially after mm-hmm. someone's, like, wronged you in some way. Yeah. Um, but, like, even just, like, expressing emotions or, like, expressing that you don't want to hang out because you're tired, which is, like, a totally normal thing. It's, like, when you recognize that, like, this is, like, something that's actually kind of difficult for me. Um and doing it anyways, and just, like, seeing how people react to that, that's, like, honoring. That's, like, such a huge indicator of someone that I want to be around, you know? Mm-hmm. And, like, someone who respects my boundaries. My therapist says that, like, boundaries are, like, the bumpers on a bowling alley. Like, they progress relationships that have room for progression or they they stop relationships they stop relationships Mm. that don't have any more room for progression and Mm. um it's like they'll they'll keep the ball moving forward Mm -hmm. and they won't let things get chaotic and weird because then it's like okay what if you did see that guy on your period while you were feeling gross then you would feel like resentful of him in some way because yeah. you feel like you can't say no to
0: this person you know yeah. and it's like but you didn't even give yourself the opportunity to say no and then it's yeah like, now i hate myself <laughs> yeah yeah
1: now you hate yourself and i think it's like that's why it's really important to check in with yourself like i hadn't seen my friend in like um a couple like weeks like probably bordering on like two months now and mm-hmm. it's really easy because we're both really busy people and she was like do you want to get dinner and like I was having like a really bad week and like a bad night and I was like you know what I know I promised that I'd go out with you but I am kind of an emotional wreck right now and I think Mm -hmm. what I need right now is to just like be alone go to sleep I I hadn't been sleeping because I'd had just like a really anxious week and she was Mm -hmm. like no I completely understand and it was like oh okay like good I feel safe like I feel Mm -hmm. safe when people like respond or like respond to that well or like sometimes even like passive aggressively people will just like ignore you and I like Mm. it's like that doesn't make me feel safe and like I don't Mm. want you in my life (laughs) if you make me if you make me feel bad for having like human needs and emotions and like not always Mm. wanting to do what you want me to do like otherwise i just feel like this is just like a one-sided thing
0: yeah and also like recognizing that the people that are passive aggressive about it it's because they're probably resentful of the ways that they are over accommodating for other people in their life so yeah. like well, how come you get to honor your boundaries when i never honor mine it's yeah like,
1: well, we're all then trying ha- to
0: figure it out honor <laughs> your boundaries <laughs> then girl and go off yeah but yeah. yeah even like in friendships as well like being able to be honest with a friend, like, oh, I actually – especially for me because I'm freelance, it's like I can't be like, I have to be in the office. Like, I can technically do anything. Uh-huh. If I don't set a boundary, then it's not being set by anybody. Yeah. Um, so being able to be like, oh, no, I actually have planned to do X, Y, Z. So I'm not mm-hmm. going to be able to do – I can't just get lunch today. And then being like, okay, cool. Whereas mm-hmm. before, like, if I was with a friend or, like, in a relationship – I would be like, okay, yeah, I can, I, I can be free because I like, can be free, but like I might have other, I hadn't prioritized my priorities and I was mm-hmm. expecting maybe other people to do it. Would for do me, that. But yeah. it's like, who's gonna do that? They don't know what you're trying to work towards or what mm-hmm. you need to be doing. Yeah. And I think also, yeah, like finding the balance between like being able to be consistent and responsible in your relationships, sometimes you are going to be putting in more effort. Or extending yourself beyond, you know,
1: what they can give you,
0: yeah, and then recognizing that that is an exchange as well. Like sometimes your friend might be going through something, and you need to be there for them to lean on, so that mm-hmm. when you're going through something, that they're there for you to lean on too. And then
2: mm-hmm.
0: it's not so black and white in terms of like, oh, well, no. I'm not feeling up for it, so I'm just going to say yeah, and to
1: that's. That could be the case with romantic relationships, with all types of relationships. Like, the last guy that I was dating was going through a really hard time. And, Mm -hmm. like, in his life and, like, emotionally. And, like, I cared about him, you know? And I didn't want to, like, leave him hanging, you know? Mm -hmm. And that's what relationships are for. Like, you can Mm -hmm. lean on me. I want to just know that I can lean on you, too, sometimes. Mm -hmm. And, um... There's no reason to be resentful about it, but I do get what you mean about like and I was telling you like i was i'll tell I'll tell the listeners but like mm-hmm. this guy had like ghosted me for like a year, and it was like really really painful for me because I was like emotionally fragile and like mm-hmm. it was during the pandemic and like other like ex- extenuating circumstances which made the whole situation like complicated, but like i was affected and Mm -hmm. when he like messaged me out of the blue I felt like it was such a slap in the face to me like Mm -hmm. because I had I dealt with so much like emotionally and like I like expressed anger towards him it wasn't like a fuck you text but it Mm -hmm. was like a hey like dude I hate that you did this and like Mm -hmm. think that this is like an appropriate response after like ignoring me for a year Mm -hmm. um and like he didn't, he ghosted me from that, and I was just like, you know what, like, I would feel shame because I was like, oh my god, like, did I like overreact, like, like, you know, was I like really emotional at the time? Because at that time when I responded to him, like telling him like what his actions made me feel, mm. I was also like emotional, mm. um, but I, it was like, but. That is, like, an objectively, like, not okay thing to do to someone. Mm-hmm. And if he would have been, like, you know, if he would have been, like, you know what, you're right, that wasn't cool, and I'm, I'm sorry, I would have been, like, cool, like, let's mm-hmm. put it behind us, it's fine. Mm-hmm. I ha- I feel, n- like, no ways towards you. Mm-hmm. But the dis- and when someone doesn't take it in kind, or when someone doesn't respond at all, that's, like, disrespectful. That's, like, another slap in the face. Mm-hmm. So it's just, like, learning to accept that we are people mm. who have three dimensional emotions and like I'm not gonna be this person that's available for you to talk to when you feel lonely or sad or whatever like I'm mm. like a person who when you disrespect me I'm going to feel angry and I'm going to express that to you
2: mm.
1: and why that was hurtful you know mm. Um, and I don't need to feel shame and like I feel like in a way when I express upset or that I didn't like how someone someone did something to me or like or treated me a certain way mm. I feel like I take up too much space when I tell them like no that that's actually not okay with me Yeah, and it's like I don't need to feel shame about that I don't need to feel bad about having a normal human reaction to disrespect exactly. like that was objectively disrespectful and mm-hmm. I have a right to tell you that that's disrespectful if you think you can come in and out of my life mm-hmm. like that and so um, that's something I like struggle with is like feeling valid in my emotions that aren't always positive and happy and like mm-hmm. you know and yeah, I think totally that's like life. a part of learning learning and growing
0: yeah i think for you like being able to express how you felt and let him know that his behavior is not okay and you're not the one if he's gonna try to fuck around Mm -hmm. that's important for you to express the way that you did and it's like there's not like Letting go of the fact that there's anything that he could necessarily do to make it better because Mm -hmm. it's like, Mm -hmm. if he was able to do that, you wouldn't be in this dynamic to begin with as much Mm -hmm. as it, as disappointing as it is or as much as it hurts. It's like, if he was aware of how damaging and selfish ghosting is, then he Mm -hmm. wouldn't. And he was capable of like doing better then he wouldn't have done that. And if it was truly like, Meant to be between the two of you, then he would be able to communicate, and you wouldn't have to, like, you yeah. wouldn't have had yeah, that conflict yeah, to begin have with. To. Yeah,
1: yeah, exactly. And and that's sort of what makes me like, I I like I let it go. But when we're talking about like validating our emotions, especially like when it comes to maybe having to have people confront the way that they made us feel, or like even just not saying yes to them and possibly disappointing them Mm. it's sort Mm. of like this thing where it's like that's not easy for me naturally Mm. to Mm. like I always want to be on and again this goes back to like the people pleasing like I always want to be on good terms with people and sometimes Mm. that's almost to a fault like even with like this specific person I'm like oh man like I don't want to be on bad terms with anyone but then it's like Why not? Like, sometimes you are on bad terms with someone because they didn't do something that was, like, respectful. And that's okay, (laughs) too. Like, it's so crazy. Like, when I try to, like, make things right with people who, like, actually don't deserve it. Like, it's just, like, that comes from, like, a people-pleasing, like, I don't want to be on bad terms with anybody, period. But it's, Mm. like, no, like, this is something I had to, like, also kind of remind myself of recently was... It's okay to sometimes be on bad terms with people. Like, yeah. I don't have to be your best friend. And yeah. I don't have to talk shit about you at every, like, t- every chance I get. Mm. I just leave you alone. Yeah. You leave me alone. I leave you alone. Like, it's good. Yeah. Like, it's cool. Yeah. I don't like you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't like you. And that's fine. Mm-hmm. Um, And, but it's like, it's it doesn't have to be all love. And it doesn't have to be all hate. It just... I can accept that there are people that I don't want in my life yeah. that I don't want to see even like, you know, and being okay with that without having to feel this obligation that I need to make things right. Yeah. Cause or I don't, don't want to have, to have, have a clear comfort.
0: cut answer. Like it has to be good or bad. And if it's not any of those things, then it's like, you're going to be stuck in between figuring out which one it is, but just being okay with like, I don't like this person. They did me dirty. No reason for me to like them. No reason for me to talk to them. No reason for me to think about mm-hmm. them yeah that's okay it's like reconciling and accepting that you just don't sometimes the answer is there is no answer and like you just have to move on and things will just naturally fall into place as long as you continue to honor yourself and like take what you've learned from this situation because yeah like why is it your responsibility to like someone that has made themselves so unlikable to you
1: yeah exactly (laughs) and it's like but I feel like I I honestly think that it's like this thing about the way that we are socialized mm. as women. Mm. Like my mom, I kind of learned this from my mom. Like, um, and it's like a big thing I think in my culture, like to not be on bad terms with people, even if they've done you wrong. Mm. Like, and and I always took that because I was like, okay, being on bad terms with someone must mean that there's something like wrong with me or like us or both of us and I just don't want to have that energy but it's like no but like fuck it like people sometimes disrespect you and there's no place for them in your life Mm. and that's fine Mm. and like just being like yeah fuck like 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 fuck you yeah (laughs) like fuck you but I don't need to but it's like I don't need to do anything extra like fuck go fuck yourself but also like just stay out of my life Mm -hmm. and like I'll stay out of your life and Mm -hmm. that's fine like we don't have to be
0: on good terms I don't have to be on good terms with everybody yeah and Mm -hmm. just being like there's just no terms like it's not even about bad terms it's like there are no terms between us and it's it's hard especially I think like as women because especially women that are aware of how fucked society is is and how dangerous Mm -hmm. our experience can be when you really do feel connected to someone it's easy to like Mm -hmm. pedestal them or be like oh my god this is the light that's shining through the darkness like you were the exception to all of these fucked up experiences that I've had like finally somebody that I connect with or finally somebody who seems to get it and then it's Mm -hmm. also just mourning like you're actually mourning the potential that you saw in this person less so than the reality of them because when you look at their behavior you're like well actually you're not that lit well, actually, and you, didn't you treat me that, and well. you
1: were never, and you were never that lit. Like, why did yeah. I? Like, it's like we have this really like amazing ability as women. I think to like see the best in people and constantly give the benefit of the doubt because mm. I feel like we're never given that luxury. Like, we, exactly. like if like we yeah and like we need to like take a page out of like men's book like once they show you who they are you don't give them a second chance Mm. not a third chance or a fourth chance like just believe who they are and as women i think we are taught to like accept crumbs
0: yeah and i'm not so used to having people only give us that like oh yeah you get a chance but like you're not quite like the boys or you're not going to be able to do what we do yet like you're a girl Mm -hmm. you can stay at at the front, at the back, or whatever. So it's like yeah. we recognize that feeling of being left behind, and we're so grateful for any opportunity that we get to progress that we extend that to other people. And it, to men, it's like they know when things don't, aren't working, and they're so mm-hmm. willing to walk away from it. But they are so used to being given all these extra chances, so they yeah. expect that from you too. So when you're actually yeah. like, sorry, no, no fuck you. they're like, wait, yeah, but every other girl has chased after me and begged for my crumbs when I decided not to give them to them like why I don't you fed beg? you
1: plenty yeah it's like, yeah why aren't they eating beg, my bitch. crumbs fuck off <laughs> yeah and it's really empowering when you get to a point of like actually I was a, a bit delusional about this yeah that you was a low vibrational moment for me <laughs> <laughs> and I was I was in my flop era yeah now now I'm okay how are we getting to this sleigh?
0: but that's exactly it it's like the way that you see these see potential in other people and you're so desperate for them to live it out that lesson of like it not working out is okay how do i actualize this potential in myself and my own life mm-hmm. like that's always the lesson that yeah. i've been given because i yeah. remember talking to a guy and him saying like he was realizing in real time like yeah, I guess men do kind of use women as, like, character development because, you know, men aren't always ready. They're kind of, like, testing the waters and it's not necessarily the woman's fault if he's not ready. And, you know, women are just kind of, like, collateral damage in like, a man's self-development. And I was like, well, I don't necessarily think that that's – well, I think for his experience he always felt like he was disappointing the women that he didn't, like – wasn't able to pursue a relationship with because they always seemed to want it more than he did. And then he's like, you know, mm-hmm. I'm just like so much more aware of what I want and women are just kind of like, I'm using them to figure out what I, or whatever. You don't know what when in reality he doesn't know what he wants. Exactly. And he's and using women like... who
1: actually know what they want yeah. for his character development and to use them as like therapists. And exactly. that's like, that's actually so unfair. And then like, I feel like, What's funny is, like, when guys actually know what they want, meaning, like, when they've realized that they want a relationship, it's like, oh, okay, like, the circumstances in my life are right. Mm. So I'm going to be with this girl who's been here Mm -hmm. at this point in time. Mm -hmm. And, A, I feel like women are waking up to this. Like, men use this as character development. And I've had this happen enough times to where I'm like, fuck this. Like,
0: I'm doing this. Now I'm... Investing in my own character development. I think it's very common for women to say, like, I feel like I've been used by this guy. Like, he's just moved on, blah, blah, blah. But I've always been like, what am I learning from this? Like, anytime I feel fucked over by someone in any context, I'm like, what am I going to... How am I going to do better? What am I going to learn? How am I going to elevate? So to me, when this guy said this, I was like, well, I mean, I feel like I use men for my character development because I've always gotten better after a breakup and none of my exes Mm -hmm. seem to be doing better than me. So... Who's using Mm -hmm. who? And I think that's something that, you know, it's not about, like, a competition. It's not like, oh, we're just using each other. But it's, like, how do you Mm -hmm. take the experiences that you've had to become a better version of yourself, to become stronger, rather than being defined by the ways that you feel like you may have failed or have been failed by other people? Well, I
1: think it's, like, different for men because I feel like when we say that they use women for character development, it's, like... They're using women, like they typically use women to evade any difficult emotion that they feel like they have to face. And yeah. so
0: like the 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 development is happening differently for men and women. Like men are coercing women into their own chaos to try to avoid it. The woman <laughs> yeah. starts picking up the pieces for them because she's been conditioned yeah. to do so. When that doesn't work out, the lesson is that men Either they do or they don't face themselves. I would say most mm-hmm. of the time that they, they don't, don't. <laughs> until a certain point yeah. in their life, which is not up to you. And then for mm-hmm. women it's like recognizing that that energy that you're putting into fixing this other person should be redirected towards you. And yeah. it's That's just like always
1: the lesson for me. Yeah. It's like you've spent this time trying to love someone who does not have the capacity to love you in the same way. Mm. And they're also You know using you as a way to
0: avoid themselves yeah but i think the beauty of women is like that we're actually able to do both like we are able to not only move forward and take these experiences and learn from them but we're also able to harness Mm -hmm. this energy that we have that we want to give to other people and return that to ourselves this kind of intimacy that we can create with people regardless of romantic context or not is something Mm -hmm. that is so difficult for men to do like to the point where it's almost impossible for them to be able to experience intimacy without it being facilitated by a woman and like their inability to maintain or at the expense of her yeah, yeah their inability to maintain it only reflects back on them like it's never. Yeah. I think it's so easy for us to constantly blame ourselves and think like, oh, I wasn't able to change him. I wasn't able to get him to love me the way that I wanted or the way that mm-hmm. he wanted to. But it's like it's not your fault.
1: Well, you know, and and all about
0: love. Um,
1: Bell Hooks writes that l- women are the practitioners of love. Like mm. we not only know how to receive it, we don't always we don't always know how to receive it because we are the ones that put it into practice, mm-hmm. right? Um and men like their definition of love my cat is like rubbing up against the laptop it's so cute um she's like distracting me men men's idea of love is mostly based off of how their receiving. how they're receiving love whereas women we feel like we don't receive it enough mm. and so that's why we're constantly in the state of like yearning for it mm-hmm. and i'm like i don't want to yearn for it anymore i don't want to mm. you either love me you're either come ready to love me and accept me as i am so that i can love you mm-hmm. how you are mm-hmm. and we can help each other grow but i am mm-hmm. no longer anyone's fucking therapist Mm -hmm. (laughs) and that's like that was like so empowering for me to like set for myself Mm -hmm. and it happened after my last relationship too it's like I oh I thought I learned this lesson it's like no I I just have to learn it in a different way now like yeah Yeah, there's parts of it that you didn't quite cover in
0: the last experience. Yeah, it's a big
1: topic. Love is too big of a topic. But, yeah, yeah, and that is the beautiful thing about women is that we truly do have the ability to heal people. Like, the depth and complexity of of how women feel emotions, including love, is, like, honestly so powerful. Mm. And we're able to feel things in the room that, like... I feel like men aren't even aware of sometimes. Mm. And...
0: We can feel shifts in them that they're not even aware of as well.
1: That they're not even aware of. Mm. And that's, like, the thing. Like, we talked about this earlier. Like, how women, like, we're so in touch with our emotional world. And that's probably because of our socialization Mm -hmm. and our just, like... You know the way that we're sort of conditioned. Yeah, and also just our nature um, as well. I think it's our nature, and then I feel like we're we're just able to like not only like have such a rich, multi-dimensional understanding of ourselves,
2: mm.
1: but we are so skilled at that that we also can sense it in other people, mm. in a way, and like a lot of times, like a lot of like my ex-boyfriends, like I will literally articulate something that they're doing and they're not even aware of it and they're like how the fuck did you know that Mm. like that like i i didn't even know that i was doing that Mm. and i'm like yeah it's like i just know like i just like i know you like Mm. i can even if i don't know you like i can sense what you're doing because i just like understand i've gotten to a point where i've understood myself on that level Mm -hmm. to the point to a degree and to a degree that they don't even recognize themselves. But I've already, like... And so I guess this conversation kind of comes back in full circle. Like, how do you navigate love when you're someone who is more thoughtful and self-aware? Mm-hmm. And maybe someone, the person you're loving, isn't, mm-hmm. you know? You know, sometimes sometimes it works if they're willing to learn. Sometimes it doesn't. Mm-hmm. But, like our, like, regardless, our ability to feel ourselves and other people... It's truly astonishing sometimes, you know? And like I said, like I've had boyfriends being like, how are you... You're like so intuitive. Like you're so emotionally intelligent Mm. that like I didn't even recognize this
0: in myself until you just said it. Yeah. Yeah, and I think it's scary for some people to be around that because they're afraid that it makes them seem weak, that they can't pick up on themselves the way that you can. And it's like... they feel like like you're gonna be judging them because you might see And sometimes people don't wanna be seen to that degree. And I think that for people that are afraid of that, it's like being okay and honest about that fear is the first step in overcoming it, you know? Like being able to say to your partner or your friend or whatever, it's like, I feel like I'm being judged in your presence because you're able to live in a way that is like fundamentally different to me or you are able to honor these things that like i'm not ready to do and that's obviously hard for people that's hard for people but i think like i've definitely had more so friendships where people like it's hard for me to tell you the ways that i'm the toxic things that i'm doing because i feel like you're judging me for it and me being Mm -hmm. able to be like i'm never here to judge you you know like yeah i always want to be able to create a safe space for you to feel open and honest about what you're doing and how I can support you through that rather than assuming that I'm just going to judge you, you know, like I hope one day we can laugh about these things as we will, as we have about previous things, but you can't like, you can only do your best to show somebody that you're able to do that and whether or not they're willing to take you up on it is up to them. And then another thing that you said about like, you know, a woman's ability to give love and men, being used to receive it i think this speaks so much to like the post breakup glow up you know like women when they realize the love that they're giving is not being received and then giving it to themselves giving it to their friends giving it to their career after a heartbreak um there's always a period of time that passes when the guy (coughs) goes back to distracting himself thinking that he's on top of the world until it hits him that he's not receiving the like the void that your love filled in his life he tries to refill it with all these other distractions until he realizes mm-hmm. that you were able to feel something that he can't actually do for himself or he doesn't know how to do for himself and that's when they come back <laughs> and that's also and that's the sort
1: of poetic justice of the universe sometimes is you've already fulfilled yourself mm. or you filled your own cup with your own love yeah. and you realize how special it was
0: and you realize that um, you don't actually need them to be able to feel you don't for need yourself, them anymore you know or like yeah you're past the point of thinking that it has to be them specifically to do it for you because yeah. they weren't ever able to appreciate it in the way that you can appreciate it for yourself your friends appreciate it the way that you're rewarded in your work in material ways for being able mm-hmm. to express that passion and like recognizing that there's going to be somebody that's going to be able to appreciate it the way that it deserves to be. Not someone who yeah, just needs to test you. Test you to see. To see if and it's like really once worth you
1: that. realize that this person can only love me at a capacity in which they've loved themselves, mm. it's like I don't want that. I don't want your love anymore. Like yeah. your love cannot like not to be like your love can't come close to mine. Mm. But I am someone who. I don't judge. Mm. Like, when I call my ex-boyfriends out or, like, the people I love out on the stuff that they do that hurts me, Mm. I'm never doing it in a a place of judging. I'm doing it in a place because I want them to grow. Mm. And I want them to realize that the things that they do hurt other people, Mm. which in turn hurts themselves. And I never want to be in a place in which I feel like I'm judging people. Mm. But it's like when push comes to shove and that relationship ends and I'm left picking up the pieces and I realize like this person could have never loved me mm. because they can't even face these things in themselves. They're hiding from themselves mm. and they're using me to do it. <clears throat>
0: yeah. And And they're judging themselves as well. That's why it's almost impossible for them to imagine that you wouldn't judge them.
1: Yeah, exactly. Um and so when you go through the post breakup glow up <laughs> and you feel like you know, you filled your own, you've like given yourself that love. There's something really beautiful in realizing that the parts of yourself that wanted to love them were parts of yourself you needed to heal. Mm. But also the things that made them special were things that you saw in yourself. Yes. Like this guy I was talking to, I found him to be so brilliant. I, and I found him to be so emotionally intelligent and just, um, there's a song, the song, uh, snow, snowing in the at the beach, snow at the beach mm-hmm. by Taylor Swift off of her last album. Mm-hmm. She says something along the lines of like I've never met someone that like lived from within, and like when I met this guy, he was like so interesting to me, and he had just like such an amazing like internal world that mm-hmm. I felt like I wanted to like get into your head and like just know everything about you, and. When that relationship ended, I was like, but, like, I don't have access to this guy's, like, beautiful, like, mind and his, like, brilliance or whatever. And Mm -hmm. then I'm like, you know, actually, I think I was, like, I was just, like, recognizing my own brilliance in Mm -hmm. him. Mm -hmm. And that's why I wanted to, like, connect to him Mm -hmm. in this way. But it's like he actually wasn't really that emotionally intelligent <laughs> <laughs> and, like, really wasn't that great. Not that lit. Right? Mm. Yeah. So it's like, you know, there's something like it's painful to go through breakups. It's painful to go through any ending of any relationship. Mm-hmm. But when you realize these, like, truths, like these truths that get uncovered underneath all that pain. Mm-hmm. It's like, it's beautiful what mm-hmm. you find underneath that. Yeah. Cause really it's just yeah. love for yourself. Like your ability to love people is just a love for
0: yourself that was misplaced. Yeah. I really feel like it is a privilege to be a woman and having that experience because being the practitioner of love, it's like, you can also decide like where it's being received. But for a, for a lot of guys that only know how to receive love, it's like, where do they even begin to learn to be a practitioner? You know, that's why it's so difficult for them to move. That's why it's like the first heartbreak they have is the one that scars them the most. If they never recover, it's like they literally don't know how to generate it within themselves. And and they don't know how to hold on to it when someone offers it to them. Because I think this friend I was talking to, she actually kind of like had a thing with a guy that I've known like since high school. school. Mm -hmm. And I was, I had like very casual thing with him. At no point was I ever like, I want to be her. I want to be his girlfriend because i could recognize so clearly how emotionally avoidant both of us were and how incompatible mm-hmm. our situations were but um we realized that the guy that she had been seeing and she was really cut up about was the guy that i knew and she was like it's crazy like i was so in love with him i was like crying about him i can't believe i cried over him he's such a loser blah, blah, blah. and i was like yeah i'm surprised that you were able to like fall in love with him because he's so emotionally unavailable like what is there to him that you've that you could even like hold on to like the man doesn't even have any interests like I could not name a single interest of his he's literally the most boring finance Mm -hmm. guy you know like he has a sense of humor (laughs) but still it's not like wow I'm so interested in like like literally what is there to be what is interesting about him like if if I didn't know him from high school there's nothing about him that I'm holding on. And I was like, I feel like you literally were in his presence and he's like this emotional stone that your own emotions just ricocheted around the room and like went back to you. Like you thought that it was him, but it was actually you just having a good time expressing yourself, expressing, experiencing your emotions and like, thinking that it had something to do with him, but it all just was actually you falling in love with yourself. You realizing how yeah, interesting like and fun you are. Yeah, it like your own light in the room. You're
1: like a little disco ball in the room. Yeah. He was, just this, exactly. he was just the screen. You were the projector and he was the screen. Yeah. And that, yeah, that's I actually, now that I think about it, that's exactly how it was with this guy who I was mm-hmm. like, you're so brilliant, you're so amazing. Mm-hmm. And I think he was just asking the right questions for me to express myself. Mm-hmm. And it was, like, me. I was the disco ball in the <laughs> yeah, room. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Like, I've had guys. And he was enjoying it, too. And, like, he was, like, oh, my God, this girl is, like,
0: saying things that are interesting like, life. that he hasn't heard before. And yeah, this, think... like,
1: beautiful crystal butterfly, much like the one that's behind <laughs> you right now. He's, like, she's a beautiful crystal butterfly. And I had the chance to be a beautiful crystal butterfly disco ball. Mm. And he was appreciating that. But it's, like, he actually didn't reveal much about him. Mm. This was my world. He was in. Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> he was in my beautiful disco ball, exactly dragonfly room. That's why I feel like it's actually quite easy to decenter men because I'm like, how interesting are they really?
1: <laughs> how interesting are they really?
0: When you really think and about it, and I just like,
1: I, I think like I require men now. Like I require so much more from them. Mm. Like I want you to actually prove to me that you can love me and a lot of the time they can't
0: mm.
1: yeah because <laughs> like, they don't they're not there yet yeah. yeah
0: and I think it's also, think like, it also the like the like process of being able to fully own those parts of yourself that bring you to a level of being able to then meet your equal because I feel like I always talk about how I was like taking one step forward two steps back in my own healing or personal development. I would Mm -hmm. make progress and then something outside of me would come along and I would think like, okay, that's enough. I'm just going to do this instead. You know, it seems like an easy way out or it seems like I've done enough and I can let go of those habits and practices because that's really what it is. It's like a habit and a practice that you form that allows you to build like this, maintain this foundation, the garden of your life, right? And then suddenly something comes along and you abandon those things to be with this person or to do this other thing and then the lesson is, again, like, you need to return... You need to maintain that foundation, that part of you, in order for there to be... It's very hard. Yeah, like, a healthier experience. Like,
1: for me, I think it's, like... I think about it, and I think it's because, like, we're conditioned as women to orient ourselves around a man. Like, Mm. we're conditioned to be wives and mothers and... And, you know, just, like, all these things in which a man is the centre. And as a result, like we feed into this fear of us being alone Mm. and that and then and then that's also something I want to talk about because it's like um I have grown to enjoy my own company Mm. and I'm at a place where I'm like I don't need a boyfriend I really don't Mm. like I'm I'm happy focusing on my career I'm happy focusing on my other relationships and on myself and um but like I also like I do feel lonely and I would like pre- like a presence there mm. and I don't know it's just like how
0: like like how do
1: you reconcile the two?
0: I think for me it's like I have always been okay with being alone and that I definitely have had like a head start in that because I grew up as an only child to a single mom and I was left by myself a lot so that has its own trauma response like I'm can be hyper independent because i'm comfortable with my own company and also in the last few years i've gotten to the point where i'm like if i like i want my personal my close relationships to be like mutually fulfilling for both of us like we are a positive presence in each other's lives if i spend time with someone that i consider close to me and i get home feeling worse than i did when i left My house, then I'm like, Mm -hmm. maybe, like on a consistent basis, then that is an indication to me that it's not as compatible as I would want it to be. And I've had Mm -hmm. situations where I've been with people who I care about a lot, who I have a lot of history with, and I come home and I'm literally like in the fetal position on my couch because I'm so emotionally drained from being around them. And it's not even like someone's done anything wrong, but it's just like I have to reconcile with the fact that we just are not like on the same page anymore. So mm-hmm. that's also how I approach like romantic relationships too. It's like, if you aren't able to like either maintain, cause I also spend a lot of time on like being hot and having fun alone. Like I want to enjoy my own company. Mm-hmm. I'm okay. I would rather be at home by myself than go out of my way to be in the company of people that I don't enjoy.
2: Yeah.
0: And I feel the same way about my romantic relationships too. It's like, if we're not like maintaining and elevating each other's state of being then mm-hmm. what is the point of us being together because I want to live a life of expansion and growth and to have that facilitated and supported within me so that and like support that in other people like that's such a huge priority to me I always want to be able to encourage my friends to like go in the direction of their best self not encourage them to be defined by their insecurities because I've had friends who who you know you're like excited to tell them something that you want to do and they just shut it down immediately because they're like well you probably won't be able to because of this this and that and it's like you can encourage your friends to be practical but you shouldn't like shut them they're here they're being vulnerable with you sharing something that they want to pursue and you're telling them that it's not going to work like you don't want to do that to yourself you don't want to do that to other people so that's something that I think about when it comes to romantic relationships and I think that in the same way that when I've been in a relationship I've had moments where I wish I was single when you're Mm -hmm. single you're going to have moments where you wish you're in a relationship it doesn't invalidate like the need for you to be single in this moment you know and like there isn't it doesn't mean there's not going to be a time when a relationship will enter your life but I think it's like being okay with feeling like lonely like you're allowed to feel lonely because you will feel lonely like at all points in your life, regardless of what your external circumstances are, there are times you in your You can feel lonely while you're in a relationship. Yeah, where you'll feel lonely. Like, and that doesn't mean that you don't need to be in that relationship anymore. It just depends, like, to what extent do you feel alone in your relationship? Of course, there's going to be moments where your partner is, like, focused on other things. You're not able to get your needs met. Whether mm. or not you're able to communicate to each other and then, like, come to a resolution about that is going to define whether you need to stay in that relationship or not. And I think it's also the same with, like, being single and coming to terms with being alone and being in your own company of course there are going to be moments where you're alone and you feel lonely but it doesn't invalidate the importance of having that time to yourself and it doesn't make the possibility of you being connected to other people like invalid either and I think another thing for me is like because I don't really use like don't use dating apps I think of I only used them in like 2016, dated like one I put them completely. Yeah. yeah. Like the ways that I have met people in general in my life that I hold close and dear to me and the way that I've met people that I've become romantically involved with, it's like I could never have predicted that that's how we would have met and that's how we would yeah. have connected. So I always leave space in my life for that unknown. So it's like it's not like I feel like I can control it. And I think sometimes when you're on dating apps or when you have like a very, where you're always like putting your energy towards pursuing romance, there's this illusion Mm -hmm. of control or like outcome that like if I put in X amount of energy, then I'm going to get this type of relationship or that type of outcome. But for me, I always feel like as long as I'm like preparing myself and like looking after myself and doing my best, and extending myself in the areas that I feel ready to then I can't predict like how a work opportunity will come to me how the opportunity for friendship will come to me the opportunity for romance will come to me either and I think that it's it can be scary to like relinquish control or the illusion Mm -hmm. of control for those things but I've always been open to like things just happening the way that they happen like I could never have predicted the way that I would have connected with any of the previous relationships that I've had and I think that's the beauty of them as well like even though they didn't work out it's still like wow I met him through this person or at this event or through this whatever and just accepting and like
1: liking how that happened and like letting it go afterward
0: yeah and it's happened before so there's no reason why it won't happen again as long as I'm still doing what I'm doing and making sure that i'm growing Mm -hmm. and moving forward then the next experience will be better than the last yeah totally yeah this was such a lovely conversation yay thank you so much for being on the show i'm so happy you're able to do this we'll record another episode for hot and insecure
1: yes you have to come on my podcast now yeah
0: but yeah thank you so much for being on the show i'll speak to you soon I will leave all your links in the show notes so people can find you TikTok, Instagram, YouTube, TikTok,
1: Instagram, YouTube. Those are the big ones. I have a Twitter, but I'm, I'm only on it to um, <laughs> write Taylor Swift lyrics and other lyrics, <laughs> like, <laughs> yep. and just to see what's up in pop culture. But I don't, I'm not on. I don't tweet a lot. Okay, cool.
0: Thank you, Nadine. You're welcome.
1: Bye. Thank you. Bye.